Welcome to the Grounded Circle podcast. I'm Dean Watson. And I am Thea Rachuong. And this is a show about our journey to navigate our life and relationship together in a more grounding way. Before we get started, Sierra, you've prepared some tea for us here. What is it that you actually like about tea? Because there's never any shortage of it in the house these days. <laughs> yeah. So I've been a tea drinker most of my life growing up in my, you know, in the tea culture, we're seeing adults doing it on the daily basis. But I only really love the way of tea since the end of 2021. Everything about tea seems super boring from the surface, though it has been around for a thousand years and for a reason. And the thing is, below that surface of such plain tasting beverage and boring way of life, you know, it actually contains so much wisdom of slowing down and celebrating the beauty of present moment through a very simple activity and being really intimate relationship with nature. I also love the way tea provides in connection with other human beings around the tea table. There is no hierarchy, just a lot of respect and generosity. And in fact, the taste of tea is very subtle when we don't overbrew it, and over time when we drink it, our sense of smell and um, will be more sensitive and more present, and it definitely makes everything more colorful. So it's become more interest, or more interesting than from the surface looking, you know, from the outside looking in. It's such a plain tasting beverage. Today on the show, we're going to discuss how to be boring which is something we're both trying to get better at, believe it or not. I can barely believe that I'm saying these words, but it's true. I definitely aspire to be a little less extreme and entertaining these days than I may have done when I was a little bit younger. A good place to start, I think, would be to define this some more. What does being boring mean to you? I love the question. I think boring, boredom, to me, means a lot of space for resting, relaxing, and for bouncing back, you know, kind of thing. So it's a space for me of resilience, space for that to happen. And at the same time, it's helped me um, kind of provide a lot more um Again, space for a lot of activity and doing happen later when I'm coming from a space of being and just, you know, creating that, holding that for whatever that I want to manifest later to come out. So bottom to me, actually very feminine space of mother, like, you know, holding that for the masculine energy later. Um, yeah. So same question. What's boredom or being boring mean to you? I've come up with a fantastic uh, personal version uh, answer to this question, but only recently, I think. And the answer to that question for me is I like to try and treat most things in my life like in investing in index funds. So for those that don't know, index funds are a way of Invest in where you buy the whole market instead of picking different companies to invest in. And that just happens to be the way that um, that you and I tend to invest other than in your business. So 
yeah, rather than trying to outsmart the market and stuff, you just buy the whole market and you won't get as extreme returns. So it's not like buying an Apple or an Amazon stock or something like that. It's, but the idea is you, it won't be as risky. So it might take a longer to kind of make money from doing that. But yeah, anyway, that kind of concept of just increasing slowly over a long period of time by being consistent. I like to apply that to all different areas of my life. So to me, that's what boring means. It means just doing a little bit every day of the things that matter most to me so that uh, I get there in a sustainable way, whatever I'm trying to do. So it could be something like, currently I'm learning Vietnamese and a lot of the people that I've met so far on this journey of learning Vietnamese tend to have a story along the lines of, oh yeah, about a year ago I got really into learning it, then I stopped for a bit and here I am again now and I'm continuing. I think that I've got a much higher chance of actually getting to a point where I can learn the language if I just do a little bit every day and try not to skip a day. It's not the end of the world if I miss a day. It's okay. But uh, yeah, just doing a little bit every day over many years, I think will get me there and the journey will be so much more enjoyable. So not only will I get the outcome I want, which is to learn Vietnamese, but I'll get there in a way so that I'm happy when I get there. It's like people who wait until they're a millionaire to be generous. No, 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 you got it in the wrong order. Try and build the habit of giving and being generous now when you aren't that, so that by the time you do have lots of money and therefore perhaps more responsibility to be generous, you'll already have built those muscles to be generous. So this principle of being boring, I, I love it because... Uh, my natural tendency is to be very interesting and I am an interested, curious person in things. <laughs> but actually, I think it's the boring approach to life and the things that matter to me that make me happiest in the long run. Mm. Yeah. I really love that. It's like your, you know, think, thinking of boring is like an enduring spot. Yeah. You play golf for so long and just showing up every morning, early morning is when you was a lot younger. For many many years, right to to play and to practice doing things that like at the golf course, probably you see older folks more than the younger face. That kind of thing, especially like early morning as well. Yeah, we, I used to get up very early. I'd always play early in the morning because I wanted to get home and do the rest of my the rest of the things that I was interested in. Whether that would be listening to Rex Hunt on the radio, commentating the football or reading books, or, I don't know, doing something with food, buying Mars bars with my brother from the milk bar, that kind of thing. Probably a clue, looking back, that I probably wasn't meant to be a professional golfer. The fact I was looking forward to the golf being over more than I was looking forward to the act of doing the golf. But that's a side note. I'm curious as well, if you can, can you recall a time or a moment where you decided to be more boring or decided that actually this kind of approach to living simply that's another way of putting it living simply do you remember a moment when you decided on that mm. 
um, I think we all have like different things in life that when like, um, for example, something we can be like having a, a boring approach with and some other thing we are super uh, stimulated. But there was a time in my life where I feel like, oh, I really want everything that I'm doing, having a flow of really, for me, it's like embracing that feminine energy first, let it be in the driver's seat before I actually go out and make things happen and doing things. It started a couple of years ago, maybe three years ago or four years ago, when I when I was really overwhelmed with so many things, so many art projects that I was doing that come to the point where every Saturday, Sunday, I have a meltdown. If you, I don't know if you remember that. I think I've just blocked it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I was looking at that. I was like, this is not, this is not something that I want to continue having. Then I started to read the essentialism book, the book that I have on my Kindle for many, many years. Many, yeah, I think so. Many years. That's essentialism by Greg McEwen. Yeah, mm. yeah. So my friend bought it actually, and then we have a share Kindle kind of family account, so we can read each other books but I never read it until that point never really go through the whole thing I think I skimmed through a few pages and the and that was the first time I read the book it sink in a little bit and then the year after that I reread the book again and that's when it's really hit me hard and I started to look at different things whatever 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 area where I felt overwhelmed with I look into that and trying to Think about different approach to it and reduce things, you know, subtract, um, trying to make things really simple and just focus on things that is important and eliminate everything else at the same time, not looking at other people and trying to keep up, keep up with the Genesis in a way when I really have a solid kind of principle or solid, you know, way of thinking and looking at life myself, embracing that boredom and simplicity of life. Mm. I would say that even though we're using the word boredom to talk about this, um, it's not necessarily boring. It's just it's just trying to trying to strip yeah, get rid of all the things that don't really matter and they're gonna suck out the energy from us. <laughs> yeah. So that we've got more energy to give to the things we really care about. That's right. Mm. But it's still uh, some something is still have the the um the fact that it's boring. Like meditation. Would you say meditation interesting? Not particularly. Yeah. And a lot of for a lot of people they cannot sit down and meditate just to be present. They would expect some sort of out of body experience or something, or some hallucination or colorful images and stuff like that. But for meditation that is practical for daily life. It's just the way it is. You just accept the moment in front of you. Either how boring, how uncomfortable. You just accept it and let go of everything else. That is meditation. And that practice actually will help with our daily life because we're not escape it to a different dimension or anything. we um just living in life. So that is boring. And some other activity is also super boring, like in endurance sport. Like I used to also do um ultra running. And, you know, just showing up and run a little bit every day and then big run, small run, doesn't matter. Just keep showing up. Running is never interesting. I always get, you know, out of breath and felt pains everywhere in my body. And when I finished the race, I felt really good. But that 
moment probably stuff um probably only lasts for maybe a day maybe two days and after that life getting back to normal so it's never about the the destination anyway it's a journey and the whole journey is what so boring <laughs> so <laughs> you can learn that by running ultra marathons a thing i did in the last couple of years that i'm just thought of now that made me realize that very clearly and i've never forgotten it is i went to the warehouse and i bought this thousand piece taj mahal jigsaw puzzle and while i was doing it over the weekend that i'd bought it i was so excited to be finished with this jigsaw puzzle but while i was doing it i had my headphones on and i was listening to all my favorite music so actually i really enjoyed just the act of doing it when I eventually finished this jigsaw puzzle, and there it is, the gorgeous Taj Mahal, you know, there it is on the on the little table that we've got. And I just felt a wave of sadness come over me, which is that I was after the moment of like, oh, I made it. I finished this bloody jigsaw puzzle. Just remembering that, oh, I kind of miss back when I only had the edges and when I couldn't figure out what how to get the the blue sky bit and yeah i just realized that oh yeah the journey of doing the jigsaw puzzle was actually the best bit and so yeah <laughs> that's what i think about whenever i'm wondering about whether i should be enjoying the journey or not if i find myself a bit too drawn to the shiny object of the outcome of something in my life i'm always like da 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 ding don't forget about the the most important part it might be the most boring part in many ways but it's everything the way you get somewhere the way you get to where you want to go that's right because i always think back and i'm like oh the journey was the best bit you know yeah mm. i think we give meaning and purpose to things so i think we have i mean as probably talking about general society we've been giving the word boring a bit of a and my, a bit of my down on, not too negative, but, you know, like, you know, meaning. In, in fact, like, like, like us, we growing up when computer and, and like internet just started. So we still have a bit of childhood where getting bored, just lay out in the dirt, climb some trees. And, and, you know, for me, I was just playing with my, I didn't have, a lot of toys didn't have much toys just like drawing doodling everywhere on the wall you know on the floor that's kind of thing it's that when we can be more creative and being put in a space where a lot of things can happen like really naturally organically and not by simulated by phone or by news or so many things on the digital world it's such a challenge when we go back to your hometown in Hanoi, Vietnam, and, and when we go to Melbourne, because those two places are two places where there's not a moment to be bored. There's so much stimulation, especially in Vietnam, but even Melbourne is so full on compared to a lot of the rest of Australia. I find it personally very full on and as a pretty sensitive person, I'm just I feel beaten up whenever I come home. Even if I've had a great time, which I almost always do, you know, spending seeing my family and seeing some old friends and doing the fun things that Melbourne has to offer, but I'm completely knackered by the time I come home because all my senses have been it's like I've been to IMAX and 
and sat in the front row. That's what it feels like. It's it must be real really hard to have a boring childhood in Hanoi because especially these days there's so much loud music everywhere and TV's alone, on 24/7 pretty much. The TV's on 24/7. Mm. Um yeah, so that's that's interesting. Yeah, it's interesting. It's quite hard to yeah. I I think the best I think the best childhoods do have a lot of boredom to them and i really feel for kids that have such an overscheduled life as well Mm. Um, must be very tempting to do that as a parent so that you can feel a sense of control over you know your kid's life and you can lead them in the right direction so that they become great people but uh at the same time yeah i think it yeah looking back on my own childhood i'm like i'm so glad that that mum and dad kind of just let me go and play in the dirt. And <laughs> when I was at yoga yesterday, I was just in that one where you put your feet up in the air. And I, was, I just noticed the scar on my knee from when I was I don't know, somewhere between two and five years old, where I cut my knee on a piece of pipe. And it was just a, a nice reminder of uh, the beauty of being bored. <laughs> um the back to uh, my answer to that question that I asked you before about can you remember a moment where you kind of decided uh, that living more simply or trying to be a bit allowing more boredom into your life perhaps was a good way to go. I think for me when I think about that, I can I I think the moments that I decided to be a bit more this way or be more aware of this was is two things. It was a combination. It was my career in entertainment that was so stimulating and so exciting and i welcomed all of that stimulation into my life but uh didn't really make me happy at the end of the day i think you'd always be kind of craving the next high and the lows were pretty low so thinking back to that i think i've had more than enough excitement for one lifetime (laughs) as with regards to that particular world and then the other thing was, um, you know, to the same extent, just my first relationship as well. Lots of up and downs. And yeah, that career and entertainment, those two things combined, more than enough excitement. So I think those were the the true genesis, even though I was lucky to have, you know, lots of time in, when I was a kid to just be left to my own devices and be bored and create my own entertainment. Once I became an adult, those two things, that's what, <laughs> I, I know what it feels like to, yeah, just be kind of on that roller coaster. And you and I are not the biggest fans of roller coasters, it must be said. <laughs> Except for the fact that I seem to want to continue to work in startups, which is the opposite of the sort of behavior you'd expect from someone who doesn't like roller coasters. <laughs> and with you starting your business as well. That's right. That's another example of of yeah. that. So I guess it's about being intentional with the stimulation and excitement you let into your life. Things will always happen. There's going to be unexpected stuff all the time. At some point, we'll be kicked out of our the places we rent, for example. And that's just life when you choose to rent. But um, yeah. So, uh, tips for being boring or living a bit more simply. Um, 
I've got a list of things here uh, with a bunch of personal anecdotes, like how do we actually live this? Um, do, do you have anything that comes to mind, ways that you um, have found helpful to live simply? Mm. Otherwise, I can go if that's helpful. Um, yeah, you can go first. I, I have a few things. Yeah, yeah, go. To hear your... Okay, go. Okay. I'll have it. I'll, I'll go, I'll say three and then you can say three. So yeah. I think the first one would be take care of yourself every day. That is just, even as I say those words, I want to go to sleep. There's such, it's, um, it's such obvious stuff. But if you don't take care of yourself every day, well, you you know what happens. You end up with the dentist and a root canal or something like that so it's just yeah any opportunity to do something nice for yourself is always a, a great choice to make i always feel grateful to myself after i do that so um <laughs> for some reason this comes to mind rather than waiting to go to the toilet until i'm absolutely busting go when you're just you, you just you're not busting yet when it's just more pleasant and you don't have to run like a Michelin man to the toilet. That's a, a really simple way you can be kind to yourself. Um, another one would be uh, don't wait until you get sick to take care of yourself as well. Too many people, it's so easy, like it's easy to fall into the trap. Um, but yeah, take care of yourself before you <laughs> before you get sick. Um and I also like the approach of eating meals at roughly the same time each day, if possible. I don't always get this right for sure, but, you know, I try and have breakfast as soon as I get up and I get up mostly the same time each morning. Not so much on weekends, but <laughs> during the week I get up about the same time each day. Um, so I breakfast straight away. So it's always the same time. And then lunch would be around midday or so. Um, and then dinner, I don't know, somewhere around six or somewhere around there. So just consistency. So taking care of yourself every day, just doing the simple things that keep the engine going. Um, so the second, oh, so the second, uh, tip to be boring that I have here is make friends with compounding in every area of your life. So instead of going big and going hard, Go medium, but go medium every day. So to go back to the example of learning Vietnamese, rather than, you know, trying to do two hours, you know, on Saturday and Sunday each week, just do 15 minutes every day of the week. That's probably better than going really hard, um, especially if you're a bit tired at the end of going really hard. So, uh, yeah. Making friends with compounding every every area every area of your life. So just being consistent. Um, you'll be able to make better decisions that way and you can outlast um you can outlast compared to when you just go too hard too fast. So those would be my first two. What what have you got? Hmm. Yeah, interesting. The one that uh, you have for how to be boring is very much like how to be consistent yeah true true yeah because that is tied to your definition of boring and and how that will help your you in the long run isn't it yes so yeah i love that i thought you're gonna share the third one as well <laughs> <laughs> i'll share the third one too the third one is 
find a place you like to live and stay there. You don't always have to be looking for the, the next best city or town or bunch of roommates to live in or live with. You can, you can just pick a place and then grow some roots there as it just simplifies everything if possible. Um, yeah, of course you, you want to make sure that you, you know, you're happy enough where you are, but it's a practice to be grateful for what you have. And that applies most of all, I think, to the place where you live. Mm. So, you know, the fact that I feel very content, and I think we feel very content where we are, is because we practice being grateful for being content where we are. Um, yeah, no, nobody tells you to be content where you are. In fact, the world tends to do the opposite. It tends to be like, oh, the grass is greener over there, or, oh, look what, what, what these friends are doing and what, how they're doing things. Mm. But being where we are and, and being happy with that, to me, that feels more radical. So I, I found a lot more happiness just in that, in, in telling people, oh, I love living in Auckland. And they always look at me strange. Even people that are from Auckland, they're like, what do you mean? Why did you come here from Australia? It's like, no, I'm actually very happy here. And, and I'm very happy with, you know, where, where we are. And yeah. So those are my first three. Hmm, nice. Yeah, I do like the last one when it comes to like being grateful for what we have. Because of course we have to move it, something that we, you know, out of our control and we need to move. Or maybe if we gonna work it somewhere that is a lot further away, then of course it, it becomes a thing. But yeah, mm -hmm. gratitude is so important. And it actually my first one. <laughs> nice. That's why I resonate with it so much. Just really being grateful with what we have and knowing that is foundation for abundance it's for, it's abundance already so anything that we want is extra and the extra sometimes come with the cost you know i i do know that life is a series of trade-offs so like if we want more of this it means that we will have less of something else so really just have a moment to look around and and noticing what we are having now, what we grateful for, what do we want to keep continue having? So do we want to have extra stuff or not? Because that means that I want to be less of something else that we are having right now. And is that worth do doing that? Most of the time, we thought that we can have everything, everything we want. That is a big trap. <laughs> it's, not, it's not that way. It's usually, it's usually the opposite. You know, it's a balance. There's an excellent book on that called Anything You Want by Derek Sivers. Mm. That's an, one of the best books on this particular topic. Yeah. The, the premise being just what you said. You can have anything you want, but you can't have everything you want. That's right. 100% agree with that. I, I love Derek Silver. He's a great writer. Yeah. Mm. He actually lives in New Zealand these yeah. days, believe it or not. He's an American, but... And he's like a well-known American businessman, but he moved to like Wellington, I think, yeah, <laughs> with, yeah. his, with his kid. And so that's a, it's nice to know that all these successful people want to come and live in this corner of the world. So that's another thing as well. When you live in New Zealand, you've got no excuse but to be, you can't be like, oh, life must be so much better over there, over there. No, this is probably the best country in the world to live in. Yeah, exactly. Wherever we are, 
it could be the best country. If we, it's a lot of things that, you know, it's aligned with us, with the, our value and, you know, then that is the best. Talking about Eric Silver the other day, he, um, I saw one of his, um, email he sent out to probably his subscriber, including me, that are you an animator? Uh, do you want to take on this project? I don't know if you got that email too. I did. And then immediately I was like, oh, I would love to work with Derek Silver and see what he's up to, you know, what kind of thing. But then, but then the principle of being living simply and, you know, essentialism, just look at what really essential and important for me right now and it's eliminate the rest. So I decided to delete the email and just move on, forget about it, really focus on what I really want to do this year, this time. So let's play that out. If you had yeah. followed your curiosity there and decided to see if you could get this gig of animating some of his, uh, his stories, what would you have had to have given up? I would have to give up right now. I mean, after I finish the gig, I probably can continue. But right now, I have to give up some of my time to do my workshops, you know, the team meditation with, with my community, with the community that I'm building and, you know, sharing with people. And then also the time taken away from me writing my own Oracle book, booklet for the Oracle deck. Something that I'm already struggling to really be consistent with. So if I'm taking on this extra gig or whatever, like oh, great opportunities out there will probably be the trade-off of me not doing the things that I really wanted to to do this year. Yeah, and also can take away our weekends as well. <laughs> <laughs> I but, approve of you saying no to that opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know you would. <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, so that relates to the second second what I call it like uh what do you call it? ways to be boring yeah way to be boring yeah, or live more simply yeah yeah it's to identify what's the most important right now and really just focus on that and whenever opportunity happen anything coming into the picture just go back to that do I want to trade some of these with the other you know there's no extra there's always just trading <laughs> because we have limited time and space and, you know, energy to spend during the day. That is part of being res resilience as well. Yeah, it's like sifting for gold mm. <laughs> as you yeah. go through your life. Um, yeah, that, that's great to think about that. It's You can apply that to everything, can't you? It's like when you go to the supermarket and I can look at something that looks really fantastic, but... I always try and think, okay, if I get this, what could I get instead? You know, is there something else that I actually need or want more even than this particular thing right now? Mm. So it's a great question to to remember to ask. I think the thing that has helped me to get better at that in the last couple of years has just been building the habit of doing some daily meditation because the practice of bringing your mind just back to your breath as it wants to run away with all the thoughts, bringing it back to the breath. Just that practice has made me so much better in all different situations in my life at noticing what's my mind doing right now and then giving me that moment to decide, do I want to, do I want to react to that or do I want to show up in a different way? 
So that that would be the thing, actually, when I think about it, the meditation. Five, just five minutes a day before I go to bed, I just sit in the bathroom here on a creaky chair, close my eyes, set the app on my phone to five minutes. I think the app is called Enzo, E-N-S-O. It's a free app. You can just set a five-minute timer on it. And um, I think I've been doing that for maybe two, two, three years now, and it's just... It's only five minutes. It's like the most boring commitment ever to meditation, but it's been enough for me to notice a huge, huge difference. And I can notice places pretty much every day where in the past I would have reacted to something in a knee-jerk kind of way, but today I can stop, notice, oh, that's how I would have reacted in the past, and actually, no, this is going to be a much better way to react, and then I'll do that. Mm. Yeah, it's not a hundred percent foolproof because I'm still a human being at the end of the day, and I st- mm. still make stupid decisions sometimes. But yeah, yeah, it gives you that space in between of acting, reacting so quickly. Suddenly, you can step back and look at it, and then go, "Oh, I don't have to go that way. I can go a different way, or not doing anything at all, and just let everything go." That's kind of thing. The mm. next thing on my list here is in in my uh, list of tips. To be boring and we've got we've got more things on our list here so maybe we'll do three more each um so the next one is eat food that makes you feel good afterwards because if you feel good afterwards after you eat it just gives you momentum for the rest of whatever you're doing next um again don't always do this but it's an it's i find it to be something to Something I'm thinking a lot more about is, is this thing I'm going to eat right now going to make me feel good or is it going to suck my energy and make me feel all sleepy in the afternoon or not? So, so that's, that's another one. Um, next would be spend big on things you love, cut spending ruthlessly on things you don't care about. Um, that's one's slightly borrowed from Ramit Sethi, who's a personal finance guy, which... Um, whose podcast I really love. Um, that's just what you were saying before, Sierra, as well, with like the trade-offs and that kind of thing. You can spend big on anything you want in your life, but you should make sure you really, really care about those things um, so that you can do that because you can't have everything you want. And then the next one would be uh, s- sell anything you haven't used in the last six months on Facebook Marketplace. Yesterday we did just that. There's some shelving in our house which is just sat in a corner collecting dust, doing really nothing forever. And so we just decided to, or you decided to sell it yesterday. And uh, yeah, we got 20 bucks for it. So we were happy about that. (laughs) So yeah, being live more simply by just make having the things that are in your life, the stuff that is in your life. Make sure it's stuff you actually use or that is either very valuable to you. And if it's not, why is it there? Why is it there? Can you let that go? So, um, yeah, what are your next ones? My next one is embrace quietness. The space for, again, I love the word space so much today. I think I I say it a million times already. Space for our mind and our sense of hearing, hearing to relax. Remember, whenever we go to Hanoi and we just feel like we are, our sense of hearing is abused, 
because the loud music advertisement everywhere and TVs on all the time. Cause it's a crowded city. But I feel like, oh, if we if people have that, they definitely will less likely to react to the neighbors so quickly, less likely to react to each other in the house so quickly. Always so easy to snap from for some men. There's some, you know, feeling irritated all the time. Just because of that, that like you don't have time to to just be quiet and center yourself, just relax. Um so that also relate to how we never have TV in our home here. We do, but it's under the table collecting but dust. Maybe it's, it's not <laughs> ours. It's the landlord and we never use it. Yes, that's yeah. right. So it's, it's not, we never touch it. We never open it even. That's right. And we never ever thinking of buying a TV for, for whatever reason that is. And I think that is um, another thing as well. Um is I embrace this nothingness, like not having to look at news all the time. I haven't read news for the last 10 years or so. And I don't regret any of that. I don't feel like I'm missing out anything. There are people that always come to me and share with me what's happening anyway, because people love to share their opinions on different things. And now it's a way of starting conversation. Never miss out on anything. Um, it's just help us to seeing life a little bit more objectively because news is very selected and it's always pick up you know the headlines always the worst of the worst and back in the day where we're living our not with internet and not with this kind of interconnected like so so um what you call it directly like they say we hardly hear anything from the other side of the world and we're just contained in our little village and you know life is normal and 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 a lot more contentment, I think. But now we know we know every single thing happening all around the world. When they come all at once, it will be so overwhelmed. So it it doesn't do anything good for our mind, for our peace of mind at all. Yeah, yeah. In the last year or two, I'm I'm the same. I, my whole life was lived in the news because I used to be a comedy writer, and I would often write for shows that were all about the news, and so we'd have to write jokes about the news. And uh, while I enjoyed that, looking back, I think making fun of the news was the only way I was able to process reading all that bad news. <laughs> so um, since then, I've just, yeah, since I haven't had a need to read the news, I've just kind of stopped doing it. Every now and again, I'll just find myself going to the New Zealand Herald website and having a quick look at the page, but I never feel better afterwards. Unless Australia's won the cricket. That's the only situation in which I feel better afterwards when I go and look at the news. So, yeah, completely agree in terms of living a simple life and helping helping you kind of just focus on what really matters and seeing the world a bit more objectively and focusing more on what you can control. Yeah, not looking at the news. My goodness me, that is a, that is a big one. Mm. Yeah, I'm just thinking of like, I mean... This is a little more negative to say, but like, how can we um, just reduce abusing our senses a bit? Like, you know, how our sense of, of smell, of hearing, of taste have been kind of overstimulating these days. That is the other, you know, that's a, relate to the question you asked me at the beginning of our show today about tea. 
That's why I love the YFT because it's helped me to actually develop my my sensitiveness of my, you know, of my tasting, smelling, and be really slow and enjoying the small cup. And that make everything seem a lot more colorful and I'm easier to go into a space of being grateful for smaller things and being content with whatever already around me other than looking for the next level, the next level of taste, you know. Um, so yeah, is that is something that, that I really love nowadays and I'm passionate to say, share about how being boring, being a bit more low key like this actually open up and make life so expense so expansive rather than limiting. Yeah, I would say that since meeting you, that's helped my journey significantly when it comes to be a bit more simple and a bit more just low key. Because I would say you you're already quite you were already quite like that when I met you. And and so I felt very, yeah, comfortable. I was like, oh, we can just enjoy each other's company and that that's enough. <laughs> it doesn't really matter what we do. It doesn't matter if we get to where we're going on time. Sometimes we would go for, you know, walks in the Waitakere Ranges, especially in the first couple of years where we, after we met. And I just remember being amazed that, Oh, it kind of the time didn't matter as much, and uh, yeah, that was just kind of lovely. So that's helped me to see that there is a way to be able to be better at letting go of my need to want to have a bit more of a schedule. I do like schedules. I'm not going to lie, but because <laughs> it does help you get stuff done in your life, but it's also good to let go of d- d- try the other way occasionally for sure. Yeah. What else? What, what do you have? You what? Um, what else do you have on your list there? Um, yeah, I don't really have any more on my list. I okay, just, I just sharing on the go. <laughs> Those are great, especially the first couple. Of really, really, really good. I thought. Yeah. Um, a couple of others. Th- oh, a couple of others I have here is um, other ways that I try and live a bit simply and be a bit more boring is leaving early. So even if I've gone to something I really enjoy, once I feel like I've, you know, gotten 80% out of the thing that I thought I was going to get out of it, I'll tend to just leave rather than staying to the very end and squeezing that tea towel, every, every last drop out of that tea towel of goodness. So for example, I went to the test cricket game test cricket the other week down in Hamilton and I had bought a day pass, and for those that don't know, Test Cricket goes from like 10.30 in the morning till 6 at night. So I had nothing planned for the next day either. I could have stayed the whole time, but by the time I got to like 4.30 or so, I just realized that I'm good. And so I left, and I was so glad I did, because <laughs> it's it was a long day. And the same principle applies when going to networking events to hopefully meet more interesting people who are working startups as well. My intention when I go to these things is just to have one good conversation when I'm there. I don't need to talk to 20 people. I just need to talk to one person and have a good conversation. So I'll tend to stay for as long as it takes me to hopefully have at least one good conversation with someone for 
you know, 10, 10 plus minutes often. Um, sometimes I don't get to have that either, and in which case I'll also just leave early. But uh, yeah, leaving early has been a, a lovely thing to give myself permission to do. Hmm. Yeah, beautiful. Can apply simplicity in every situation, pretty much. And yeah, now, nowadays, whenever happening, whatever I try, um, deciding to do, I always think about how can I simplify it. What's the most important that I want to get done, and then just that free myself from the rest of the things. Like this weekend, I have so many opportunity came out, like my friends asking me to hang out, and then you know, just so many things happened at one one weekend. And uh, of course, they always fear of missing out. I just, you know, it's normal, normal human being reaction sometimes. But with the approach of living more simply and embracing more boredom, you know, I decided to say no to a few things, and I'm so happy about it. And of course, my friends gonna always gonna be there. I can join them next time, and for some other gig, I can always, you know, do another one with maybe different customer, different client, and that's okay. As an have to be claim everything in one little weekend. Absolutely. Because that will be, yeah, again, that will be at the trade-off, at the cost of my well-being, not looking after myself very well, doing too much, and then don't have time for our family, even only two of us here. But Still counts, still counts. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So that is more important than doing too much and then got overwhelmed or like, um, you know, being drained. It's, and when it happened, it takes longer time to recover. That's what burnout is. You know, it accumulated from, for a longer period of time. And then when it happened, it takes people months and years to, to, you know, to, to go back, to get back to, to it, you know, to be more kind of like in a good space, has space again. Yeah. I have a lot of empathy for those people and I know a few people, but. Just the way it is now, that now they had to focus on resting instead to be able to get back. Mm. Mm. Other than looking after one's own well-being, I think the other, the, the second most important area for me to be really good at, I guess, living simply and being being boring is be, it's to do it's it's in our relationship and it's to do with the idea of being a great servant as well. When I think about this concept, I think about the, the comedian Chris Rock and his special Tambourine, which is a Netflix special I watched a few years ago. I think it came out in 2018. But in this special, Rock talks about um, that there are times in your life where you just got to play the tambourine, which is not the trendiest <laughs> instrument to play. Nobody wants to play the tambourine because it's always... You know, the stereotype, you know, if you think back to school music class, it's often, I would be stuck with the tambourine because I'm not very musical in that I can't play guitar, I can't play drums, I can't do lots of things. So it's the idea of being a good servant. So, for example, uh, yeah, doing the simple things well, like oh, asking, oh, do you need anything? Can I help you with anything? Um, how are you feeling right now? Is there anything I can do to help? Um, yeah, what would be most helpful to you in this moment? Like, do you just want me to listen? These sorts of questions I'll often ask you. And in my mind, I'm also like, this is just a way that I'm playing tambourine. I'm just trying to be a great servant. Um, and yeah, sim just simplifying, like 
not worrying about my my needs in that moment, just really trying to help the other person. I find that to be probably, yeah, other than looking after my myself, um, that to be the next most important thing is uh, playing the tambourine really well in my relationship. Not all the time. There are plenty of times where I will, you know, be the, <laughs> be the one um, needing help, you know. Oh, sometimes the roles will be reversed. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, so that, that comes to mind as well. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think we've covered most of the things that we do in our own lives when it comes to living simply and, and how we try and be more boring. And I hope that some of the benefits of doing that have become clear as well. Um, so, yeah, uh, we've also mentioned a couple of good resources as well. On the topic of money, I think when it comes to simplicity and, and being quite boring, I definitely recommend The Simple Path to Wealth by J.L. Collins. That's a terrific, terrific book that mm. everybody should read. Any resources come to mind for you? You mentioned Essentialism earlier by Greg McEwen as a book that inspired you to think a bit more like this. Exactly. It's a beautiful book. So definitely will help everybody a lot if you know you already think about how to simplify your life and be more content with whatever you have and thriving in that way, going to that direction through the approach of simplicity living more sim simple. The book is not just talking about physical or thing. It's, it's a broader kind of way of looking at life. And especially for people that is creative or, you know, people that are running their own business is so important. That is, you know, I felt like I'm, I'm in the network. Of, I know a lot of people that doing, um, running their own business like me. And that is in, in this environment, it's so easy to go now because we don't have a boundary of nine to five. We're just working on our own thing in our own time. So I definitely want to encourage anyone to give a read to that book. It's now time for one thing you're grateful for today. Uh, my one thing I'm grateful for is I'm very, very grateful to a couple of my friends who have been helping me during this job search. I'm looking for a new job at the moment in sales, business development, startups, that kind of thing. And it's really the first time in my life that I've properly been looking for a job. And so it can be very, it's a very solo pursuit as I'm finding out. However, it feels a lot less solo and I feel a lot of support thanks to a couple of friends that have helped me a lot with this. Um, Adam Riss and Chef have been a couple of people in my life that have I've been able to bounce questions off and who have challenged me to think about things in different ways. And I feel like I've made much better decisions so far in the, in the month or so that I've been looking for my next job since going on this search. So that's been, I'm very, very, I'm very, very grateful for the, I guess it feels like a team effort, even though it is just, it is a solo pursuit at the end of the day, but it feels like a team effort. Um, so I'm very grateful for that. Um, what, what's your one thing you're grateful for? I'm grateful for today. Just don't have much to do apart from our podcast and apart from we're going to watch the first episode, episode of um, Avatar The Last Avenger together, my all-time favorite animation show, now having a, a live-action series. But so I'm really grateful for today to be able to just rest and 
doing fun thing and you know, spending quality time with you, not having to walk or socializing today. Here, here. <laughs> <laughs> if you've enjoyed our discussion today, please take a moment to leave a rating or a review for the podcast. Your support helps us grow and helps other people discover the Grounded Circle podcast. We are on Instagram. Sierra is at the Grounded Circle and I'm at d.robert.watson. And now we'll leave you with some words from a Finnish proverb. Happiness is a place between too little and too much. <laughs>